Welcome to Your Next Mission podcast with the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army and co-founder of the American Freedom Foundation, Jack L. Tilley. Proudly presented by Cavalry Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans. Good day out there, veterans and families, and welcome to Season 2 of Your Next Mission podcast, a program initiative of the American Freedom Foundation. I'm Jack L. Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major of the Army. I always love showing that, and your host for today's show. We have, a, we have a great show for you today. In fact, we have a wonderful show for you today. But before we do that, we want to thank our presenting sponsors, Calvary Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans for making your next mission happen. They love our veterans and families, and I say every week, we love them too. <laughs> Today, we're going to continue in our uh, month-long celebration of the Army's 247th year birthday with the U.S. Army Reserve. And I'm excited to introduce Lieutenant General Jody J. Daniels, Chief and Commanding General, and CSM Andrew Lombardo, Command Sergeant Major of the United States Army Reserves. Uh, so good to have you on the show. Thank you for having us here today. Yeah, we're both very excited to be here. Well, I hope you're excited because I'm excited to have you on the show here. <laughs> hey, I know the audience is real pumped up to, to hear everything the reserves are doing, and, and I know you have a, a tough job and a demanding job, but there's always a but in there. But before we do that, I'd like each one of you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself. And, man, we'd like to start with you. So, hey, thanks, Sergeant Major. It, it really is great to be here today, particularly as we celebrate you know, the 24-7 nature of the Army. You know, 2247 makes for a really great uh, number this year. And I have to give credit to Sergeant Major Grinston for that because he was, and he mentioned 24-7 yesterday as the totality of the force. So happy birthday to the Army just to start off with. There you go. And it's a great opportunity, you know, as we talk about the Army Reserve and what we do to support our great, wonderful Army. You know, all the different missions that we do and how we adapt to the challenges around the globe. You know, so as you mentioned, hey, yeah, so I am Joe Daniels. Um, Lieutenant General, one each, um, 34th Chief of the Army Reserve, and 9th Commanding General, U.S. Army Reserve Command. So, in case folks don't really know, we are, in fact, um, 100, about 180,000 soldiers, more than 11,000 civilians, over 2,000 units. So, you have a couple of facts and figures there. Um, we're the only component of the Army that's also a single command, with our Reserve Command integrated in in support of every Army Service Command and Geographic Command across the globe, every footprint and footprint in every state, five territories, 23 countries. So, uh, as we say, you know, the sun never sets on the Army Reserve. <laughs> there so you I'll, go. I'll hand it over to uh, my battle buddy there, Command Sergeant Major Lombardo. All right, Sergeant Major, we'll hey, put thanks, on us, sir. Yeah, thanks, ma'am. Thanks, SMA. So before I start, I want to just mention that in addition to her service, General Daniels has a, has an impressive civilian career. Uh, she's most recently served, and this is a tongue twister, the Director of Advanced Programs for Lockheed Martin's Advanced Technology Laboratories. I'm not worthy. Um, Wait a minute. I shouldn't have you on a job. <laughs> I don't know if you do something else here. <laughs> so I, I bring it up because it's important that your viewers understand that the yeah. overwhelming number of Army Reserve soldiers, 92% hold civilian jobs in addition to their military position. In my civilian career, I'm a police executive, and I hold the rank of deputy inspector with the largest municipal police agency in America, the New York City Police Department. Uh, in my role as a sergeant major of the Army Reserve, I advise the chief uh, on policies and make recommendations 
uh, on those policies that affect the enlisted force. As the 14th Command Sergeant Major of the United States Army Reserve Command, I get the amazing opportunity to uh, engage with our soldiers in the field and communicate General Daniels' priorities and drive my supporting initiatives, which are the Sergeant Major of the Army's supporting initiatives. <laughs> you know, SMA, you previously served as the you know estimated Chief of Staff. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what your role was like for you? Uh, well, you know, I did what uh, you know I did what I did. I think what I did in the Army was uh, help people. Uh, help soldiers, help service members, help families, and and made sure people were educated about the about the military. And one of the things that, just like in your jobs, one of the things I found that, uh, you know, the army's in the largest service. We're bigger. If you put all the services together, they're not quite as big as the army. And uh, people don't know much about the army. So educating the army about educating this country about what the ar army does, and edu educating our politicians about the kind of sacrifices that our military families make. So that's, you know, of course, I did get the largest pay raise we'd ever gotten as a Sergeant Major Army. I always tell people I wasn't working on their pay. I was trying to fix mine. So uh, everything is good, though. But I had a, a great job, just like your job. I had a lot of fun there. So. Yeah, no, no, I, I perform a similar role, not, not exact, but similar for General Daniels. I act as the enlisted voice for the SMA. Absolutely. Uh, also, the Reserve Forces Policy Board, which has access to the uh, Secretary of Defense. It's important because a lot of the decisions made at these levels impact the daily lives of soldiers. Yes. So, and we always have to consider the influences are in the soldier's life as well when making a policy change. Some policies that we deal with, they impact more than just the soldier. They impact, you know, families, their employers, and ultimately their decision whether they're going to remain a civilian soldier or not. So I'm just going to close out, echo General Daniels' point about our outstanding service members and soldiers. They're the best the nation has to offer. And I couldn't be prouder of their accomplishments. They truly are twice the citizen. Well, just sitting on this side, Rob, all, all the way out in San Diego, I can see that you guys are real pumped up about talking about the reserves. Hey, the Army's at this 247th uh, year birthday is a very special day for all of us who serve. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that the Army uh, birthday means to you? And uh, ma'am, let's start with you. What's, what's the Army birthday mean to you? So to me, it's a celebration. You know, 240 years of great service and support of our nation. You know, we've all been out there working, serving hard, and, and all those before us for 247 impressive years. You know, the nation's gone through a whole ton of different challenges. We've supported other governments in pursuit of democracy. You know, the Army is that one instrument of, of national power, you know, and although it's just one of them, you got to use it wisely. Um, we frequently get called first forward. You know, we're always forward first. That's what I meant. Um, we're out there, you know, the easy button, you know, it, you know, they're always bringing us forward to help out. And in doing so, the Army's held in, in pretty high esteem, you know, across the country and, and around the around the world, you know, across the globe. So we value our people. And, you know, of late, you know, we're all volunteers. That is an all volunteer force who choose to serve and to always be available when the nation calls. You know, I, I would say I would characterize it as, you know, we're ready and resilient soldiers, capable leaders cohesive teams, strong families. And then for our reserve and guard members, we also have, you know, supportive employers. You know, and all of this, you know, is so much, you know, more motivation, determination, you know, that comes with this army service. So soldiers in the, you know, across the army, we all share a level of camaraderie, you know, motivation and inspiration there for everybody who wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves. So 247 years of, of all of this great stuff. Yeah, yeah, Sergeant Major, same question to you. Yeah, no, awesome. That's amazing. So the Army's birthday is also Flag Day. Um, I've always been a proud, you know, proud of the American flag. I love the phrase, this will defend. 
you know, the symbol of the scroll that's held by the rattlesnake. It's, you know, it's used on many occasions on colonial American flags during the Revolutionary War. It signifies the Army's constant readiness over the past 240 years to defend and preserve the United States. Um, you know, as I look at history, I see that nearly half of General Washington's soldiers were, amongst others, immigrants, um, meaning our nation's roots of, of freedom were fought and won by people like me, SMA. Um, I don't know if you know it, I'm a first-generation American. I was born on the SS Constitution, not the, not the one in Boston Harbor, not the USS Constitution. <laughs> um, I'm not that old. Um, I so this almost is really am. <laughs> <laughs> this is really close to my heart. Um, so my parents immigrated from Europe. They moved to America to pursue a better life back in the 60s. Um, I'm, I'm, they come to Brooklyn, New York, and times are tough. There's civil unrest. Um, they don't speak English. There's lack of job opportunities. So my parents were forced to place me in the adoption system. I get adopted by an amazing working class family, uh, also from New York, uh, but they couldn't afford to send me to college. And I wanted to pursue greater opportunities. I found my opportunities in the Army and later in the Army Reserve. So 37 years later, I'm now the Sergeant Major of the largest, you know, dedicated Federal Reserve in the most powerful nation in the world. Um, you know, I'm not saying this for me, but it's to encourage junior enlisted soldiers in general, no matter your humble beginnings, in the army, you can rise to the highest level of positions through hard work. So I guess what it comes down to at the end of the day is the army birthday makes me proud that I can give back to the nation that gave so much to me. Yeah, you, you hit on a couple of things I'd like to just comment on it real quick is you, you spent 37 or you have 37 years now. I stayed 36. I used to call everybody after, you know, 35, 30 quitters, but but I, I guess you wouldn't call me a quitter. The other thing, and you're really right, uh, it's about your beginnings of life. You know, I uh, grew up in Washington State, and uh, and the last room I had before I came into the Army, I lived in a closet, in a laundry room, I'm sorry, a laundry room, mm -hmm. uh, for about three and a half years. And uh, so I know what sacrifices are. In fact, uh, my parents didn't have a whole lot of money. It was really my mother, my sister, and me. And and uh, I, God bless this country, and God bless the Army. Ma'am, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the overview of the Army Reserve? You know, they have a unique role and capabilities to support the great Army and, and how the Reserve integrates into all the, uh, you know, the Army mission. Sure. Um, you know, as you know, and your listeners and viewers know, you know, today the you know, Army faces, you know, a whole lot of dynamic challenges here at home, contingency missions, various environments worldwide. You know, the total Army is a part of the, you know, joint force you know, world's premier fighting force. And so each of our three components are a bit unique. We're slightly different. Um, and the, the most important thing though to recognize is that we are part of one army. We, you know, the total army force, we always remember that as a part of, as we go forward. Train together, work, serve together, deploy together. Uh, we each bring our unique strengths to the force. So uh, being primarily enablers or enabling capabilities, those Intel, MP, uh, chaplains, lawyers, um, transportation, medical, all those kinds of capabilities. We like to establish relationships and integrate in with um, those active component forces or guard forces that we're going to serve with down the road. So um, a couple quick examples of some of those linkages that, that we've got. So out in the Pacific, we have the 311th Signal Command and the 9th Mission Support Command. And these folks provide U.S. Army Pacific with all kinds of great forces at, at key launch points. Um, those soldiers speak 29 languages in a command that crosses seven time zones, two states, two territories, and a commonwealth with, with two of in a couple of foreign countries. Um, another example, we've got our 75th Innovation Command, which is in direct support of Army Futures Command. 
And so that's how we link our citizen soldiers and their great civilian capabilities and those uh, you know, high-tech, um, advanced technologies into the, the active component service. And we help them understand some of those technologies are somewhat scouts out in many different areas. And then the, this great pipeline of talent also helps help, has helped develop the Army Software Factory um, and bring that to fruition. So we've got, you know, they've got expertise in artificial intelligence, autonomy, robotics, blockchain, cyber, medical, synthetic biology, space, um, all those kinds of, you know, leading edge kinds of activities. Um, and as the Army moves forward towards, you know, multi-domain operations, these are going to become even more and more important. And we've got soldiers that are going to help Futures Command get us towards those capabilities as we bring them in. We also um, have Army Reserve soldiers that serve in every single CTC rotation. So one way or another, you've got somebody out there in the battle space supporting you, you know, whether it's a guard or, or an active duty rotation, you'll see reserve enablers out there helping out. Um, and then finally, I also want to talk about, you know, we have these, you know, in terms of integrations, we also have these habitual relationships, training relationships between some of our great units and active component units. Um, one terrific example of that is our, um, we've got multiple military intelligence battalions that are all reserve. And they actually support an active component theater intelligence brigade out in support of each of the geographic combatant commands. So these reserve soldiers on their battle assembly weekends do live missions and help those, those theater commands every month of the year. So they're always out integrated and supporting all these great commands. So lots of different ways that we work together. I got stuck on when you said 29 different languages. I can only speak one language and you got... That's unbelievable. I, I always tell everybody there's no way that the, we could get the job done without the Guard Reserve and active duty together, pulling together. So God bless you for what you do. Sergeant Major, as we look into the uh, role of the Army components, there are some there are some differences there, and some of our viewers may not be familiar with. Can you tell us a little bit about the Army Reserve mission and what makes the organization so unique? Yeah, I, absolutely. So for the record, I have trouble speaking one language, that is. <laughs> um, <clears throat> So listen, we're, we're a component and we're a part of the total army. We're more similar than we're dissimilar. So General Daniels reminds me that the mission of the Army Reserve is to provide combat ready units and citizen soldiers to the Army the Joint Force. There are a few differences in what we bring to the fight. Um, you know, as General Daniels has elaborated, we primarily bring critical enablers to the total force. Um, you know, Russia could sure use a few of those right now. Um, SMA Grinson speaks about the golden triangle, and it he talks about the influences on a regular Army soldier's life. He speaks about the battle buddy, the squad leader, and the family. And as we, you know, as I stated earlier, our soldiers have one more critical influencer that enables them to remain in the Army Reserve, and that's the civilian employer. This is one thing that distinguishes us from the regular Army. I call our critical influencers in the Reserve components the golden diamond. So. The regular Army has a full-time salary as the basis for that triangle. In the Army Reserve, the civilian employer is the foundation where soldiers can feed their families and maintain their affiliation with the Army Reserve. Another difference between the regular Army and the Reserve components is that we have limited time to conduct and maintain proficiency in our tasks. That's why we have to be laser-focused on providing tough, realistic training that's done safely. An attractive feature is that our soldiers in the Army Reserve have the freedom to pursue civilian education, a civilian career, while also serving their country part-time. Um, as my wife likes to say, in the Army Reserve, you don't have to make the choice between service and civilian success. You could do both. 
there's some differences between the Army Reserve and the Army National Guard as well. The Army National Guard has a dual role. They serve primarily serve their governors at the state level, whereas the Army Reserve is the dedicated Federal Reserve, and it serves exclusively under the President of the United States. The National Guard structures more closely mirrors the active component. It's divisional in format, um, where they do a great job augmenting the Army's combat capacity in addition with what they do for the states. Defense support to civil authorities is part of our federal response profile as well, and we provide support to the homeland in times of crisis. And I just want to give you one example of this, and that's our historic response to the COVID-19 pandemic, where we provided more than 4,500 Army Reserve soldiers and mobilized them, uh, enablers, doctors, um, logisticians and some aviation assets to support overwhelmed hospitals. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in our country that we could not get the job done without the Guard and Reserve. There's uh, no question about that. We're talking with Lieutenant General uh, Jody Daniels, Chief and Commanding General and CSM Andrew Lombardo, Command Sergeant Major of the Army Reserve. And if you're listening to your, to, uh, your next mission podcast with me, your host, uh, Jack Attili, 12th Sergeant Major Army, I always love saying that. Don't forget, uh, if you're enjoying this discussion, please like us. Hit that subscribe button below and, and join our team, whether or not it's with the Guard, Reserve, or Active Duty. Uh, we want to we hear from you. We, wanna, we want you to be part of our team. Well, let's take a quick break. Well, we'll be right back. You're listening to Your Next Mission video podcast. You're watching Your Next Mission, proudly presented by the Cavalry Agency. They help brands dominate no matter their size. Ideas, strategy, action. This is Cavalry. Learn more at Cavalry.com. Navy Federal Credit Union, the most trusted credit union owned by members of the military community, serving all branches of the armed forces and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Purdue Global, providing affordable online education for hardworking adults. Learn more about a personalized, innovative, and world-class education at purdueglobal.edu. Veterans United Home Loans, the number one VA lender for five straight years. If you're buying, they're funding your dreams. Learn more at veteransunited.com. Now back to your host, the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, Jack L. Tilly. Welcome back. I'm the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, Jack L. Tilly, and we're blessed to be here today with Lieutenant General Jody Daniels, Chief and Commanding General, and CSM Andrew Lombardo. That's a that's a heck of a great name right there. Command Sergeant Major of the U.S. Army Reserve Command. And we're heading into our final segment with you today, and I hope you've been enjoyed it as much as I have. And I just have a, a couple of more questions for you. Ma'am, you mentioned that uh, the Army Reserve is currently made up of uh, made up of sustaining and enabling forces. Can you expand a, a little bit on that? That's a great question. Um, a sergeant, I want to go back a little bit to what the sergeant major talked about. You know, response activities that we've done. Sure. So we have um, water purification units, and so uh, when when Texas had a little bit of a frost a couple of years back. Um, we had a number of water purification units that got activated to help out some local hospitals in Texas. So that's what we mean by an enabling capability. It's something that you need on the battle space, but it's not a, it's not a fighter. Um, but they're really helping the battle, you know, be, be possible. Um, we've got over half of the Army's quartermaster and medical formations are in the Army Reserve. 
We've got um, 80% of the civil affairs, legal, psychological operations, religious units. And then we've got more than 40% of the total armies, transportation, and then the chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear defense forces. So again, we've got all those great kind of capabilities, which are important when the army goes and deploys and goes forward, uh, besides all those defense support kind of capabilities here in the States. Um, and one of that, one of our advantages to having all of these enablers is that some of our folks do this in their civilian careers as well. So there may, and some, some have a completely different civilian career, but others do this proficiency maintain you know, every single day of the, of the week. Um, so we bring those great talents um, forward with us. So we've got doctors, lawyers, academics, scientists, engineers, cyber technicians, first responders, transportation specialists, administrators, business professionals, you know, the folks that are at the top of their career fields. And some of these are a little challenging to maintain on active duty, which is why they're such a great fit for the Army Reserve and, and perhaps even for the Guard. Um, but our citizen soldiers bring that competitive edge to the Army. Um, so one great example we have um, was about it, so about a year or so ago, had the honor and privilege of commissioning um, NASA astronaut uh, Dr. Kate Rubens oh, wow. into the Army Reserve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she works for our 75th Innovation Command, going back to again the, the great expertise in technology. She's got tremendous expertise um, in molecular biology, as well as a little bit of, knows a little bit about space, having been out there a couple of different times. You know, and she brings that, you know, as a member of the total force. Um, but as Command Sergeant Major Lombardo might, might, might tell you, not everybody gets to be an astronaut. Um, so Sergeant Major, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the other great well, jobs? Well, let me know? say something. People say I'm in space all the time. I'm floating around out there. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> you don't get paid. That's right. <laughs> hey, yeah, Sergeant Major, you want, to, you want to add on anything to that? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I will say that we have one little itty bitty um, infantry battalion out in Guam, the 100th Infantry Battalion, go for broke, uh, historic infantry battalion, but right, mostly enablers. We have 120 great jobs that are accessible to anybody interested in joining the Army Reserve or transitioning from a component or another service. Um, one of the things that really impressed me about the Army Reserve soldiers is that for the most part, it is ordinary people that do extraordinary things for our nation. Um, I like to say we have the best dirty jobs. Uh, a great <laughs> example is our engineers. Yeah. Right? They do every aspect of construction and on, on the battle assembly weekends, they also get to blow stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Give you a couple examples, bridge crew members. So they provide bridging and rafting support to cross rivers and rough terrain. Horizontal construction engineers, they use bulldozers, cranes, graders, other heavy equipment, uh, move tons of earth, uh, to complete construction projects for the Army. And then, you know, technically-minded people, geospatial engineers. They use geographical data to support uh, fighters, as well as to for homeland support and disaster relief. Um, you know, I hear a lot of veterans follow your podcast, SMA, so I just want to mention that a lot of the Army Reserve is made up of prior service members who return because they still have the itch. Uh, and then they, they miss part of being part of that cohesive team. Um, and by being part of the team, they also get to maintain some great benefits. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got out of the Army and stayed out two and a half years, and and I missed the Army so much that I enlisted and went back into the service because, uh, you know, it's a special team. Uh, and people that have not served don't don't really understand. And, and just like you guys, you have a special group of people that really have dedicated their life in the defense of our country. Even professionals that are doing, you know, what you talk about, doctors, engineers, all the rest of them. Uh, I, let me ask you, I wasn't going to ask this question, but if you was 
king or queen for today, I guess. Uh, what what would you change or what would you how would you improve? Is there something either on the in the on the Army Reserve side? Is there something that you wish you could improve in camp for some reason? Uh, Ma'am, I guess I'll ask you and then start. Maybe she asked Sergeant Major first. I don't know. <laughs> so it's for me, it's like we always want to have, you know, there's the, what are our most precious commodities? You know, people. But then after that, it's time. Yeah. You never have enough time and you never have enough money to do all the things you want to do and to modernize as much as you would like to do to have the latest and greatest of everything for everybody. So those are I mean, those are just tough challenges. And those are just but, but we have to be realistic and pragmatic about what we can do in the amount of time we have with the equipment that we have, and then make sure that our people are as best trained as they can be, and we take advantage of, of all their available, you know, that time to make sure that we're maximizing their proficiency on systems. So I, yeah. that's yeah. why I would. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a great answer. Hey, sorry, Major, your same question there. I say, you know, I'll, I'll just be very, I think the, the more partnerships that we have with our uh, regular Army uh, uh partners and the army national guard for, to do joint training opportunities is what i would like to see if i could improve yeah I, I, and i'm gonna i'm gonna ask my, myself the same question for you <clears throat> if i was king for the day and i was in the reserve <clears throat> one thing i'd want to do is is educate people in our country more about the reserves and and whether what their capability are and their commitment to our country because i don't think uh a lot of people fully understand the kind of sacrifices that uh, that you make each and every day for us, uh, for our country. Ma'am, as you mentioned earlier, we've definitely seen the value and the talent over the past 20 years in Iraq and Afghanistan. We've also seen the Army Reserve providing support here and in the homeland, notably uh, the remarkable and historic, Sergeant Major talked about a few minutes ago about COVID-19 pandemic responses. With all that and demands for the Army Reserve, how are you uh, getting after readiness and meeting the demands that uh, that come with that, and the, you know, for our citizen soldiers? You know, as 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 you all are tracking, um, we have thirty nine days a year yeah. spread out across the year that we use to maximal uh, extent possible in terms of getting after that readiness. Um, you know, between those, you know, collective training exercises that we have people do, their professional development, additional MOS. Um, skills training. Um, so I am really, you know, hyper focused on maximizing that time and maximizing, you know, Sergeant Major mentioned, you know, tough, realistic training done safely. Um, I'm, not, I'm not willing to, to to risk safety in order for do, to do more training. But what we got to do as much training as as we possibly can to to you know first hone the skills, get the equipment out there, use it, put it to great work. And then the maintainers get to then go and maintain all of that equipment. So every time we use it, we're, we're getting a, those great experiences. And I think that when we do, the more training we do, I think that's why people join the service. They don't come to do admin stuff. They don't come to, to talk about it. They come to go do training and to do those. And then and then perhaps in many cases to deploy as well, to put that training you know, into an operational environment. And so the more that we can do those kinds of things, the greater our retention capability is and the more meaningful that experience is, you know, as you as you serve, you go, I, I this is really great. I want to continue to serve. I want to be a leader. I, this is this is cool. So that's what we're really, you know, how do we get after readiness? By doing more training, by getting proficient training management, maintenance management, you know, and doing all those kinds of skills um, and pressing forward on that front. I, I you know, one other sort of point here is um, I think it's really important that we focus on teamwork um and and then you know growth for the future 
um, treating one another with dignity and respect. You know, that's kind of what we expect. That's one of the things you learned in kindergarten that, that continue through the rest of your life. Um, fostering a mindset <laughs> of teamwork with continuous learning and growth so that everyone does want to go on to continue to learn, you know, to serve and, and to lead. Um, we also leverage our, our, our great friends um, and, and employer support the Guard and Reserve, ESGR, to help us as we maintain. I've, I've given up on calling it work-life balance. It, there's no balance there. It just forget it. I call it integration. How do we integrate? Because you've got family, you've got work, you've got reserve, you've got school, you've got hobbies, you've got kids sports. How do you pull all those things together? It's a big old hairy furball, but how do you maintain some level of integration so that you don't lose your dang mind? Um, and that's what we help folks, you know, work on focusing there. And our ESGR partners help us when we run into challenges with our employers, if we're doing too many deployments or, or those kinds of things. And we also have our reserve ambassadors putting out the great word for us. They're um, two-star equivalents, um, like the, the um, civilian advisors to the Secretary of the Army. The CASAs. The CASAs. Yeah, the CASAs, yeah. The four stars. We have two stars that go out and do that you know, spreading of the word for us, um, along with our public-private partnership office. You know, the work with those employers and spread the word and make sure that um, those businesses and the communities in which our soldiers live and work are, are aware of what we're doing and how we're doing all that we're doing. So those are you know some of those great things I'd like to, to leverage and, and pull all together to help us with our overall readiness. Well, you want, one of the things you made me think about just a minute ago, I, I, I can't remember who said it. It may have been General Franks or, or one of the generals that uh, or maybe a schoolmaker may have said it. But he said one time when it was down in Tampa, he says, uh, in peacetime, uh, we got all the time and no money. In a wartime, we got all the money and no time. And so the importance of training and making sure that uh, our soldiers and citizen soldiers are prepared to go and, uh, you know, do what they have to do in, in wartime is is important. And that's that's having the right kind of funding. And that's exactly what you need. Sergeant Major, I've, I've heard you've been uh, energizing a great program to help con uh, connect uh, soldiers and their employers. A, a topic that's really, uh, i got to tell you, is really near and dear to my heart. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, sure. Sure, Sergeant Major. General Daniels is a great supporter of the Army Reserve soldier. Um, you know, we talked about that golden diamond and how with the reserve components, that employer is absolutely critical to providing that, that primary income to allowing that soldier to maintain dual service. So to that end, we're reinvigorating our private and public partnership office. That's important. Mm -hmm. yep. And you know, I know you're an advocate for veteran employment and many of our reserve soldiers are also veterans. So P3, it, we, it's, a, it's an organization, it's, uh, it's throughout the United States, it collaborates with organizations who offer civilian employment and that they're Army Reserve friendly and veteran friendly. Um, we have a nationwide network of corporate profit, nonprofit, and academic partners. So P3 connects the soldier or the veteran with internships and employment. Yeah, that, that's that's an important program. I, you know, I'm a small business owner, and I, I got involved in that program my, myself a long time ago. Ma'am, General McConville and uh, Sergeant Major Grinson recently discussed recruiting and retention issues. Uh, what is the Army Reserve doing about addressing that uh, retention issue, I guess? Um, so this has been really you know, keen on my mind, and I am, you know, I've used the word hyper-focused before, this phrase, and I, I really believe that. Um, so, readiness is so important to me that um, I actually wrote a paper, um, and I published it, and it's called uh, Changing Culture, and it's, you know, moving away from metrics and into readiness, and so stepping away from those, those uh, red, white, and those uh, red, yellow, green stoplight charts, and getting out and doing tough, realistic training safely. 
So, because I think that will help us with retention and help more people want to stay in service if they're out doing something cool, some of that interesting, you know, sets of activities. We've also got a really nice um, recruiting um, campaign going on in terms of how do we change some of the bureaucratic processes? How do we get after those kinds of things? So I'm working to, to change some, some activities on that front to bring more and more folks in and, and join, talk to all my soldiers. Hey, go, go get more like you. Go talk to your, 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 your people that you work with. Go talk to your counterparts, your classmates, your, your neighbors, your coworkers. Tell them what a great experience you're having. To the employers I meet, hey, we love that you support our, our Army Reservists. What about your other folk? Can they become Army Reservists too? And yeah. I think that sort of shocks them. They're not expecting that part of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But think about it. Who else should become a member of the team and be a part of this great, great force? Yeah, I, I think you got to energize. You know, there's, I was reading the other day, there's like 20 million veterans out there. Uh, you know, all services, of course. But uh, energize the veteran population so they can help. Because most veterans, just like myself, I want to do all I can to help the yeah, the army, and I'm going to do it each and every day of my life. That's for sure. Sergeant Major, you want to add anything to that? Um, yeah, sure. So, General Daniels' spouse, John McCarthy, is uh, or the senior spouse, uh, yes. continually reminds the two of us, and we're in full support of a, a final important investment, and that's the Army Reserve families. So, we're leveraging soldiers and family readiness groups uh, in in our component, reaching out to them, assessing how we can give them the best support. And one of the things that we're looking at is is, is how we can incorporate uh, uh, child care uh, into the reserve components. Um, we recognize that strong families, they're crucial to the readiness and their support is key to overcoming a lot of the problems that uh, confront the military life. Yeah. Uh, for the people that are listening out there today, let me just tell you something. Uh, I love this country. They love this country. And, and if you don't know anything about the Army Reserve or the, or the active duty Army, you ought to you ought to reach out to them. Find out about it. You know, it's uh, you know, we're in this country together. We're in this country, whether or not you're a citizen soldier or or American. I always tell everybody you're American in this country. So reach out and see what the reserves are doing. And and I I guarantee if you if you start looking at what they're doing for this country, you'd be proud to serve. So uh not to, well, okay, not reserve, guard, raft to do somebody, but get in there and help this uh help this military out. Hey, I, I've enjoyed talking to you guys today. I uh I wish we could talk longer here. Any final thoughts? Anything that you maybe we haven't covered that you'd like to cover? Anything you'd like to share with the audience about? This is uh, just anything. I'll, I'll give you a, this is your pulpit now. Say what you want to say. Laugh. If you want to just laugh, tell, I can tell a joke or something, but uh, go ahead. Ma'am, you want to, anything you want, any final thoughts? I want to say two things. One is to thank all of those people who are serving because they are all volunteers. Yeah. It's an all volunteer force. And so thank you for your service. And, you know, help us go out, tell our stories and, and bring more to join the force. You know, if you've been you've know, been out of service for a little while, but you like the camaraderie, come on back. You know, we, we welcome you with open arms. And, you know, if you're an employer, you know, give us more of your employees to, to be, you know, to share, to share and raise through the ranks simultaneously. Um, and if you're currently serving, hey, again, bring in others like you because you're doing a great job. We just need more. Yeah. You know, I, I seen something the other day. In fact, Ted was showing me something about the educational level in the reserves. I mean, all the uh, could you talk about that for a second, ma'am? I'm, I'm sort of off the cuff there a little bit. I mean, uh, it's uh, I, I can't remember all the doctor degrees, all the master's degrees. I mean, I don't remember what the percentage was, it was but it was a pretty high percentage in the reserves. I, I'm sorry, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it but it is, in fact, a really high uh, number. I want to say we've got like 25% of our, our, our enlisted actually have, uh, yep. have undergraduate degrees. So I mean, if you have those numbers, I know that we're, we're doing really well. 
you're no, you're you're right. You're spot on, specifically in the enlisted force. And I mean, the the officer corps is, is uh, you know looking at master's degrees, advanced doctorate degrees, but uh, but we have a pretty talented enlisted force as well. Do, do, but you also focus a lot on education within the Army Reserves too, don't you? I mean, you send uh, you know, do as all you can as far as uh, getting people good. Maybe they come in as a with a high school education. You want them to to come in and start working on their education, get a bachelor's or a master's degree. I guess do, do you focus on that sort of major a lot or? Yeah, absolutely. Because we're looking to you know we're looking to bring that soldier into a better opportunity where they can get both you know advanced in their military career. And their and their civilian career, and, and and usually, you know, you don't need necessarily need um, a college education, but we may we may look at credentialing, yeah, or something that yeah. will, will will guide them into good civilian employment. Yeah, I sort of caught you off the cuff for that question, but I was I was thinking I was sitting there thinking about education. I said, "Geez, maybe I have to." Uh, Sergeant Major, any final thoughts? Um. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So, first of all, this has been a lot of fun. So, I, I really appreciate the invite, and to do this on 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 this day is, is amazing. So for, for those of you who have served, um, we need you to share your positive experience with others outside of military communities. So I ask your help in getting the word out. The Army, all of the components, as far as I'm concerned, are the best kept secret. Hoo-ah. It's a great place to work and a great place to make a difference. If, you're, uh, if you'd like to see what the Army Reserve is doing, you could follow both of us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And at some point, ma'am, I'm going to beat you. Um, but better yet, join us and become part of the Army Reserve story. And finally, happy 247th birthday, United States Army. <laughs> I'm pumped up about that. Well, I got a challenge for you now. Now, you know, uh, we well, on our on our podcast, we always want people to subscribe. So I'm talking to people about subscribing. Let's get some of those Army Reserve to subscribe so they can listen to your show. So uh, click out there and get the, get your uh, citizen soldiers and Army Reserves and generals and officers and all the re- to, to subscribe so we can uh, have one team and work together. I, I just want to say thanks to uh, Lieutenant General Jody Daniels and Command Sergeant Major Andrew Labardo for uh, being with us today. Uh, you guys uh, really, quite frankly, pumped me up. Uh, it's, it makes me feel good to see the kind of quality that we have in the Army Reserve and, and the kind of things that you're doing each and every day. So God bless each and every one of you. Just, uh, I'll always tell you, stay safe. Uh, Make sure you take care of each other and just don't talk about it. Do it. So God bless you. I'm Jack L. Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major Army. You've been listening to your next mission podcast. And thank you for listening today. I want you to, listeners, to reach out to me directly. Tell me about your transition out of the military. I always want to talk about that because I want to help you out. Tell us about what topics you'd like me to cover on this show. I tell people all the time, this is, this is not my show. This is our show. Uh, we're all about team. We're all about helping each other out. It's a, it's about our family. We're all part of a family. The only thing I tell you there, you're part of my family. I'm just not going to give you no money. That's about the bottom line there. You can also call me or text me at 844-424-1134, and I'll reach out to you. That may be surprising. I, I love to call people and talk to them anyway, because as you get older, you want to talk to anybody you can. Or send me an email at smatilly at yournextmission.org. Don't forget, I want to hear from you. Please listen. Uh, please look at uh, our websites uh, on yournextmission.org. Leave me a review. I always say, hopefully it's a good review. But if it's a bad review, I can take it. Okay. Also, you can visit our partners there who can provide you with so many services to assist you in your transition out of the military. Also, please visit our corporate partners and see all the jobs that are available for you. Please know we want to assist you any way we can. I'm going to say that again. Please know we. You know, it's we, it's all of us together. 
We want to assist you in any way we can. Please follow me on all my social media channels. I never thought I'd ever say this. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I'm an old guy. I don't sound got usually good on this stuff, but you can follow me, but I want you to follow me because we're going to build a team. We're going to make a difference. Uh, it's all of us sticking together and, and changing the things that uh, we need to change. And if you enjoyed our discussion with Lieutenant General Daniels and Sergeant Major Labardo, which I know you did, please like us and click on that subscribe button. Thanks again to Lieutenant General Daniels and Sergeant Major Labardo for being with us today. It was great just having you on the podcast. And I want to leave you with uh, three things to remember. Uh, we're dedicating season two of Your Next Mission to all those veterans and family members who struggle with mental illness, which so often leads uh, someone to taking their own life. Please reach out to someone you maybe you haven't spoken to in a long time. Check on them. See what they're doing. I call it a buddy check. Uh, check on them and and just make sure they're okay. There's a lot of people that struggle out there. I always, I've told this story a couple times, and I'll probably tell it for a long time. I had, uh, about seven or eight months ago, I had two friends that uh, committed suicide. And I think today, if I'd have just took a little bit of extra time and called them on the phone or, or checked on them, could I have made a difference? So let's make a difference. Let's check on uh, people we serve with. Let's see if they're okay, them and their families. I like to see every veteran in America celebrate her or, or his time in the service by wearing their service hat. Uh, you know, I'm proud of being in the Army. I got my hat on now. I'll wear it just about every day. But I'm just asking you to do one thing. Wear it on Fridays. If you're in the Coast Guard, Marine Corps, Air Force, Navy, I don't care. Do it. Support your service. Send me a, send me a photo. I'll even put it on my social media channels. I already talked about that. Now I'm a little shy about this stuff, but you send me one, I'll put it up there. And on the last thing, I want to encourage every one of our listeners to reach out to, you know, to your neighbor. Offer a smile or a, a helping hand. Let's try to bridge that divide that's uh, affected so many of us lately. And every time I walk by somebody, they're looking at the ground or they won't look at me. And I try to engage them. I try to say, hello, how are you? How are you doing? It's all about leading by example. It's all about setting standards. And, and our military veterans and service members that are serving right now understand that. So, again, thanks for listening. Thanks to Cloudcast Media and, of course, our four presenting sponsors, Calvary Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Homes. We appreciate all you do for our military. And always, see you on the high ground. Hooah! You've been listening to Your Next Mission, brought to you by the American Freedom Foundation. Learn more by visiting yournextmission.org.